Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, May 11th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Her cat was named Vagina. Do I have your attention? Shall we continue? That's one of the things that Donald Trump said last night as he took the stage in New Hampshire, where he spoke on a number of topics, including a civil defamation case that he lost the previous day, the death ceiling, and a lot of other stuff. It was a conversation with the Caitlin Collins network anchor from CNN. They're calling it the CNN Republican Presidential Town Hall. They should have called it the CNN questions Democrats have for Donald Trump town hall, because that's really what it was. Oh, gee, Casey, where (laughs) did you hear that was exactly how it was going to go? Yeah, lots of questions pertaining to the E. Jean Carroll case, January 6th, Georgia election questions, National Archive documents, and also Alvin Bragg's allegations. And it should have been a little bit more focused on things that Republicans care about, like Fauci, criminal justice reform, the border, illegal immigration. Oh, and and the economy. He did get asked a lot of questions, some by Caitlin Collins, some by members in the uh, audience, and we're going to get to a bunch of them. Okay, but let's just start from the 10,000 foot view of this. Yeah. What did I say was going to happen, Casey? I said he was going to go on there. He was going to have a moderator he didn't like. He was going to have a moderator that didn't like him. He was going to get agitated at the moderator. They were going to start fighting with each other. The questions may or may not be to his disliking. And it was going to go, to steal a phrase from Thursday afternoons here on WIBC, totally off the rails. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Why he subjects himself to this stuff is beyond me. And I think the bigger takeaway from me on this was he hasn't learned anything. Exactly. He hasn't learned anything after now being involved in this process for eight years. He's still subjecting himself. He's opening up his flank for damage. And then he walks right into it. And he's not that good at these things. I mean, that refusal to answer the the national abortion ban question, ridiculous. Him just straight out lying about the wall, ridiculous. And it drives me insane because you, you know, I would solve this crisis in Ukraine in 24 hours. Okay, sir, how would you do that? I would solve this crisis in Ukraine in 24 hours. I built the wall. Sir, the wall is not complete. The wall is complete. No, sir, there's just video all over the place of the wall not being, the wall, it's just, it's maddening, Casey. It is maddening and he hasn't learned anything, which is why 2024 is going to end the same way 2020 did. He looked really uncomfortable talking about the abortion topic and Immigration. The CNN Post analysis called it absolutely outrageous. The CNN people were saying they were appalled by it. And an election between Trump and Biden in 24 is a rerun of 2020. Who wants that? Am I wrong, though, in saying that as you're watching this thing? I mean, he is so he cannot stop litigating the past. Right. And right or wrong. Look, Obviously, where there is the mass mail and unaccountable voting stuff, horrific and just totally uh, just made for fraud. Absolutely. Should that be addressed? 
absolutely. Is it normal for uh, pallets of ballots to just randomly show up or voting to stop in the middle of the night? No, of course not. But he cannot get off of that. And it's nothing you're going to do. Everybody knows you think it was rigged or stolen or whatever word he's using. Everybody knows you think that. But yet in a court of law, including the Supreme Court, by which he has appointed 33% of the justices, no one has agreed with you from a legal perspective. So move on, dude. We know you think you got screwed. There's a huge portion of the American public who agrees with you. There are obviously serious issues with how votes are tallied, but this is not helping you. And it seemed like 20% of the night was about how him claiming he didn't lose the last time. And Caitlin Collins kept interrupting him saying, it wasn't rigged, sir. It wasn't rigged, sir. Okay, well, if it wasn't rigged, how about all of those Intel officials signing that letter about Hunter Biden's laptop? How about the FBI meeting with Twitter to censor posts? But but, but he can't say that is not... He, he gets asked repeatedly, okay, what evidence do you have? Look, the media and working in cahoots with people to sway an election, that's been going on forever. Okay, that's wrong. It's ridiculous. The government, people in the government, not liking people in charge and, and using that position. Yeah, obviously wrong. But it is not cause to overturn the results of an election. And he keeps getting asked, what should have been done and he or what was done to overturn the election that you haven't proven in a court of law. And he will not answer that question. And what I'm saying is from a go forward standpoint, all he should be talking about right now is how much Joe Biden has screwed up this country and how he would fix it and give specifics. And he doesn't give specifics. The national abortion ban question is a yes or no dealio, right? Do you believe the states have the right to litigate abortion or should the federal government have a blanket thing. They're great people who are 100% pro-life, have views both ways. They're, you know, reasonable people can, but he won't answer. He just keeps talking about how great he was allowing the states to decide. That's not the question. Caitlin Collins seemed very combative with him. She was pretty much in a tough position because she had to be that way. It was almost like he was a witness on a, on trial, the way she was talking with him. But she kind of had to be that way or it would have seemed like a really big puff piece and handed to him. So he was asked a lot of questions. Kevin, I want to go down to the second audio clip. And this is one of the things that I thought he did well on. He was asked about bringing prices down regarding the economy, what will he do? Hi, thank you so much for coming to New Hampshire to answer our questions. My question is regarding the economy. Over the past two years, we have seen the prices for everything skyrocket. From food to gas to utilities and insurance costs, many people's bills are up several hundred dollars a month, including mine. If elected president again, what is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. We were energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant. And nobody had ever done what I did. We got oil down to $1.87. Actually, it fell lower than that in some cases. We had to save the oil companies the, the price was getting. So we were doing incredibly. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country, probably the greatest economy in the history of the world. We were energy independent, soon to be energy dominant. We were going to be bigger than Russia, 
and Saudi Arabia put together times two. We have more liquid gold under our feet than any other nation, any other nation. And these stupid fools ended it. So he was asked about if he would pardon those that were prosecuted on January 6th, and he said, yep, the majority of them. He was asked about the current debt situation. He said we should default because we're going to eventually just do it now and get it over with. And then he was asked about Ukraine. And does he support sending more money to Ukraine, and how would he deal with Putin? And um, Tony Katz this morning said that he sounded like a Putin sympathizer. And I would say, if you're going to try to negotiate with someone like Putin, you can't on a stage say he's a war criminal. Okay, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? Why don't we come back? We'll play the audio because I know you're very fired up about this. And uh, I'm very excited to hear you be fired up. And I want to give you plenty of time to be able to get into that. Unfortunately, because you have seen the ratings now, Casey, you can confirm to the audience in the, the money demo where we are number, number one again. One. And so we have lots of advertisers who want to be a part of this great rating success. So can we pay a couple of bills? And we'll get then, their message yes. out and then get our message out. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Boston for the springtime. <laughs> 20 minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Oh, Kev is going to Boston at the first of June, and I told him about this song, and now he's absolutely in love with this Dave Loggins song. I've never heard that he's one. He's going to play it all the way from Indy to Boston. He's just going to play it. I'm totally on board. <laughs> on a loop. Are you driving or flying? Flying, actually. Oh yeah, okay. so, but it'll be a long flight, so I'll just listen to it on repeat. Speaking of who was flying high last night, or may have just been high, it was Donald Trump. Yeah. And uh, look, people are all over the map on this, and I find that the Trump stuff is so... Polarizing? Well, it's fascinating. I was talking with somebody earlier today, and they said, well, what'd you think? I said, the guy's a, incredible at creating must-see television. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching that last night, going, I'm entertained by this. I'm also... Uh, I mean, just the level of alarm that I have. So I try to, I struggle to separate because from an entertainment standpoint, he's waving that lady off. That's the moderator. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's name calling. He's yep. his ability to lie. And I, that's what you got to call it. I mean, it's just the ability to lie because he's a brilliant guy. Donald Trump is a brilliant human being. So he knows he's lying with just, Impunity, Like he just, he will tell a lie and it's just on to the next thing. And like, they all do it. Joe Biden clearly lies when he says, I have no idea about my kid's business dealings. He's not good at it. Trump's hilarious at his lying. Like you chuckle and go from an entertainment standpoint, Mm -hmm. I must see more of this guy just blatantly lie to society. Were you doing the drinking game last night? I was working, Casey. Every time he said, excuse me, you had to take a shot. I I had it on in the... uh, (laughs) At the area in which I work my other job, and I was texting back and forth with Hammer and Nigel, and I was 
desperately hoping while I had it on in the lobby that some liberal guy would need to come in and use the can or something and it would be on while <laughs> while he was in, in the... Change uh, that channel! Um, no, they were watching too. Uh, it is... Again, come back to, and I know we're going to play this Ukraine clip here in a minute, mm-hmm. but it's like to look at look at the people in that room and go, I built the wall. No, you didn't. There's huge portions of the southern border that are just wide open. Mm-hmm. And you get called out at, no, I, I built the wall. And so on one hand, it's almost like a movie where everyone's the villain and I'm cheering for him to defeat that awful moderator because she was a hag and horrific. So I'm laughing hysterically as he's waving her off and he's going at it with her and uh, the misery in her eyes as he's answering every question. But then it's like, this guy cannot be the nominee because he won't win. It's entertaining for sure, but is that really who you want in charge and again? The, and the Ukraine thing, and I know you're fired up and have a hot take on this. The Ukraine thing, again, to me is another example where mm-hmm. he just makes a blanket statement, which is, hey, I'll solve this in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, how would you do that, sir? Oh, I'd absolutely solve it in 24 hours. Okay, so Caitlin Collins, the moderator, she, the moderator, <laughs> but the you, host. You know, people want to be sympathetic. She was a moderator. People are trying to be sympathetic for Trump about her. No, he picked CNN. Mm-hmm. We said all week long this was going to happen, and it did, so I'm not sympathetic for him uh, over her because he picked CNN. At he one knows point, what they are. At one point, he just held his hand up like, stop. Stop talking, woman. Yeah, Let was, me answer. He was like the, the stop in the name of love uh, people. But she did ask him who he wanted to win the Ukraine-Russian war and how he would deal with Putin. It'll be absolutely Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this this country. What do you... Can I just follow up on that? You said you don't think in terms of winning and losing. Mr. President, can I just follow up on that? Because that's a really important statement that you just made there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. Okay. So a lot of people are saying, well, he should have said Ukraine because he sounds like a Putin sympathizer for not saying Ukraine. Uh Uh-huh. Nobody wins in a war. Sure, you can say the Allies won World War II. But if you ask the family members of soldiers who died in that war, I don't think they would say they won. Nobody wins in a fight. I thought it was a diplomatic answer. He wants it to stop. And then she later asked him, would you call Putin a war criminal? He's not going to answer that. This is the guy who wants to be president. He knows he's going to have to go in and negotiate an end to that. Why would he name call Putin before he even has the chance to end it. You can't go into a negotiation name calling. You want to raise at your job. You're not going to walk in and say your boss is the biggest loser you've ever met. Now give me more money. No, you have to play nice to go in and negotiate. Don't you think he missed an opportunity, though? Because if I had been asked that question, and he knew he was going to get that question, wouldn't you have said, I want the American people to win? And we lose every day on this thing because we have thrown hundreds of billions of dollars at it with no accounting for it whatsoever on how our printed money that's make every, making everything more expensive, how that is helping the people of Ukraine. And 
what it means for us to be helping Ukraine. We just hear Russia bad, Ukraine good. Well, but how does that translate to real life? Because what I know was when we were still buying energy from Russia, gas was uh, less expensive in this in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, whether you like it or not, vested interest in cooperation with Russia on international terrorism. And I thought he missed an opportunity there to say, I want the United States to win this war. And right now we are one of the biggest losers because we're spending all the money and getting nothing back. Well, for I it. think he did allude to that when he talked about the money, because he said, you know, we're sending 170 billion and Europe sent 20 billion and they're right there. They need to step up. He did say that. I, I here here here's the thing about the whole Putin bad Ukraine good blah, blah, blah. Ukraine is a very corrupt country run by very corrupt people. It wasn't that long ago that they were Team Saddam Hussein. This is not some long-lasting ally. And the reality of life is that most countries are not like ours. And the reality of life is that there are many countries in this world, some of them of immense importance, who are run by horrific, awful, dangerous, deadly, maniacal people. And it's the same argument I make with Saudi Arabia. We shouldn't do business with those guys. Or would you rather do business with Iran? Mm. The reality is that there are horrific, awful people who run countries in our world. And you have a vested interest in cooperation with those countries because it makes your country, gives you the ability to make your country more free, more safe, more secure. You can hate Putin all you want. Is he an awful person? Yes. Has he killed many, many people? Yes. Is he someone you should be friends with? No. But you are lying. We are lying. Our government is lying to our citizens by claiming that we have all this vested interest in destroying Vladimir Putin and having no cooperation with Russia. And as though if Putin were to die tomorrow, someone worse wouldn't take control look see iraq Mm -hmm. for an example of how that went when you got rid of saddam hussein countries are going to be run by bad people you should try to get along with those countries that you have a vested interest in and in the case of russia the vested interest is mutual survival and getting rid of people who want to harm both parties right and i think that that is something that trump understands when asked you know how would you do it oh i'd have it done in 24 hours how are you going to do that he didn't answer well you know what how long does Biden have? All Biden's doing at this point is just sending more money. That's not getting us anywhere either. All right, we're going to get in, inflation. We're going to get into more of Trump's town hall yeah. uh, later on in the show. When we come back, mm-hmm. uh, our old pal Jim Merritt, yeah. he is super fired up about this thing with Todd Rokita. And we talked about this yesterday. Rokita, the attorney general. Talk about a waste of our money. Is using up to $250,000 of taxpayer money to try to keep this inspector general's opinion about his second job from the people of the state of Indiana. It's gross. Jim Merritt's fired up about it. We'll talk about it next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I'm Rob Casey's here, and oh, look who it is. Mm-hmm. Looking very dashing in his jacket today. <laughs> He's always the best-dressed man in any room he walks into. He spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate. Our good friend Jim Merritt, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day outside, and it's May in Indianapolis. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, so we got into this on the Statehouse Happenings podcast, which airs Sunday mornings here on WIBC as well, and Casey and I talked about this yesterday. This thing with Todd Rokita 
hiring Jim Bopp using up to a quarter of a million dollars of our money to avoid letting the public see this uh, supposed opinion from an inspector general that said he was fine to have kept a second job. This is insane, and it is the most Todd Rokita thing ever. Well, Casey, it, Robert, it, it's strange in so many ways. We're used to attorneys general that uh, that really are quiet, doing their job. They have staff, they have lawyers on staff. Uh, they are transparent, and uh, it, it strikes me as this being very odd. You know, they, they do hire outside attorneys. Mr. Bob has Jim Bob has has uh, performed in the public square in so many different ways. He's he's a leading conservative in the state of Indiana. Well, the the issue I have is the transparency of what he's trying to uh, the lack of transparency mm-hmm. that is going on with the attorney general. What's in the letter? Just show us the letter. Yeah. Why go it, through all this? Right. And and why it, 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 the, the whole idea of being employed and 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 uh, you know and having two jobs to begin. It's like he's Rob st- Kendall. He gets <laughs> off one job and he goes to the next. Yeah, yeah. But you're not a publicly paid no, employee. No, I'm not. No. And so it's it's just it's just strange how uh, first of all that he he the attorney general is an enormous job. And and uh, why uh, why he didn't uh, the day after the election resign from this position uh, is beyond me. And and uh, as if he doesn't have enough to do. And 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 one thing that we didn't talk about in capital happenings is that state house happenings. Oh, Jim, gee, that was state another house time, happenings. another station. It's another time. State house <laughs> happenings is the idea that. Um, that the legislature just raised the salaries yes. of everybody. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, they did. They gave all their buddies a big, a big old fat raise. So again, real quick, if you're if you're just new to this, so Todd Rakita is the Attorney General, um, Indiana's own Lionel Hutz. If he doesn't win, your pizza's free, and uh, he has run his office in a similar fashion. And he, it came out when he was elected, had a second job with another company. That's very weird, uh, as, as Jim has laid out. He had initially kind of refused to resign that job. He said, I have a letter from the inspector general that says it's fine. Public said, we'd like to see said letter. He said no. And it has now been in court uh, basically for the past two plus years. And now, after a judge has ordered him to release the letter, he has still refused. He is appealing that ruling. And he has brought in Jim Bopp, an outside attorney. Uh, and, and I think that the, the fact that, one, it's weird that he won't be transparent and give the letter. And Casey and I talked about this yesterday. But two, the most egregious thing is... It's our money, Jim. Mm-hmm. He's using our money to avoid being transparent. He's he's using public money to pay this guy. Right, and and uh, there are so many different things that the attorney general does. He's just squandered so much time and 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 effort. And I uh, I don't know what Mr. Bob's contract is. So I I compared to what two hundred bucks an hour, Jim. Okay, well that's. Robert, that's not a bad salary. That you know, the whole idea is using government resources for a, a attorney who is on staff. Uh, most attorney generals, if not all, uh, have uh, filled those responsibilities with somebody that is actually a government employee. I don't want to pay for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying it's okay. not a good use of my money. Great radio. I don't want. I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> it, 
I mean, I mean, Casey hits on a great point, though. Imagine in your life if you did something stupid, which that's what this is about. Todd Rokita being arrogant, narcissistic, self-absorbed, and stupid and trying not to be transparent. So imagine you've made a mistake that has put you in the courtroom and you just look at the public and go, yeah, I'm going to just have the people pay for my stupidity. It'll be fine. Well, it, it, Casey, you're probably not the only one because I've heard about it myself. <laughs> I would think not. I don't think anybody wants to pay for this. No, and 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 it, it's just curious that uh, that this circular kind of firing squad. I don't understand why time and money and resources have been have been wasted on these little implosions that the attorney general has suffered since he became. Uh, the lead attorney in the state of Indiana. Uh, Jim Merritt, our guest here on the Kendall and Casey Show. Another thing we talked about on State House Happenings uh, is, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> true story. When when Jim when I came over here to WIBC, Jim and I had our Capital Happenings uh, podcast, and I brought it over. And uh, David Wood, our boss, said, uh, "Yes, well, I would like to air that show, but I'm not keeping the same name, so we're changing the name, so, rebrand." Uh, yeah, so that's that's why I'm so adamant, Jim, that we remind everybody. It's state house happening, not happenings. capital happening. It'll never happen again. Uh, yes. Hi, David. We love you. Thanks for the job. Um, but uh, we had pointed out that uh, Greg Pence has endorsed Suzanne Crouch running for governor. And you made a great point, Jim. What does Greg Pence do all day? Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's. I mean, I know he's a congressman, but like, what does he do? Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I don't know uh, <laughs> Congressman Pence. I've met him once. I know his brother really well, uh, but but I I just wonder what that brings. What Congressman Pence's endorsement brings, and and uh, the larger issue, Casey, what we talked about on State House happenings, is that <laughs> is the idea of these three governor candidates. They've had four or five months to tell us what their vision is for the state of Indiana, and all I hear is crickets. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, and if Senator Braun uh, really wanted to run for governor, you'd resign being a U.S. senator. Uh, you can fund it yourself. Come home and start telling us exactly what you think the future of the well, state of Indiana is. Well, more than that, instead of telling us, how about start meeting with constituents and finding out what they want, what our needs are, and then go do that. Yeah, but the problem is there, that should have been done. Yeah. What yeah. were you doing? Not trying to do a Joe Biden on you, but <laughs> that should have been that you should understand if you're running for a governor of the state of Indiana, you should have your hand on the pulse of what's going on in Indiana and have a vision of exactly the day you announce you should have the vision of exactly what you how you want to bring us out of the the pandemic because we're done and what what is innovated, what is going to be your hallmark. Uh and God bless Suzanne Crouch for we're talking about mental health, but what is your hallmark for the future of the state of Indiana? I, what, what are they going to run on? What yeah. are they running on? Well, we don't know. Right, <laughs> exactly. Know. And please do not turn into Joe Biden on us because we don't have any baby wipes, Andy. But Greg Pence says that Suzanne Crouch is a proven conservative and she will protect Hoosier values. Well, that, you know, uh, that's that Defend we don't that, know. Jim. We don't Defend know that. that. We don't know. We don't know that, and and uh, we know she played a, a role in making sure Senate Bill One passed that really helped the the future of mental health. We we'll give her that, but the 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 issue here is how are you going to take Indiana 
and and transform it into a, an enormous uh, concern going forward in, in your in what you believe. And we haven't heard from any of the three. Doden wants to increase teacher salaries. That happened this last session. Um, uh, Senator Braun uh, doesn't want Indiana to be like Washington, D.C., we know that. Suzanne uh, does a, a really good job of uh, ripping around Indiana and meeting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We know this. But tell us now, because the, the local primary is over. You're not, getting, you're not getting in the way of any, any candidates right now. Tell us what you believe. You know who silent Suzanne is, and I was, uh, I've given this a lot of thought. Remember on Saturday Night Live, John Lovitz did a character called The Pathological Liar, <laughs> where no matter what, he was like, yeah, that's that's the ticket. I mean, for a... For it's, like, a it's like Jim Carrey. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for a woman who has been completely silent as the governor shut the state down, put a million people out of work, mm-hmm. cost tens of thousands of jobs, tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, all the tax increases, uh, the VIP meet and greet with Malik Muhammad. She didn't say boo. And now she's out here, I'm a proven fighter and a conservative. Get lost with that lady. Well, she's your friend, Robert. <laughs> Do you think it means anything when she gets this endorsement from Greg Pence and also the mayor from Evansville? Well, uh, first of all, if she doesn't get the endorsement from the people of Evansville, she's in big trouble because she's from Evansville, (laughs) number one. And two, uh, it's just another announcement. And and, uh, I, I, I... I find it interesting that most people think that Senator Braun is the most conservative of the of the lot. People well, that ain't think, saying much. Yeah, people think that um, Suzanne Crouch is a part of the Holcomb administration, which gives her challenges. Uh, people think that Eric Doden. Well, they don't p- think about people. Uh, Eric. Where they, is Eric Doden? Yeah, yeah, he needs well, to be on a milk carton or up in a post office or something. Yeah, we're trying to get him on Merit in the morning. And, and if you, and if you know if Eric Doden is alive, call our uh, voicemail three one seven six eight four. <laughs> well, we'd like to have him on the radio. Yeah. And and, uh, and, and and God bless him. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's uh, what are you working on now? you got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I've got a podcast and I, called Jim Merritt's Indiana Podcast, Merritt in the Morning with Brad Kloffenstein. Kloffenstein, he's Kloffenstein, on your show. Kloffenstein, oh yeah. yeah. And, and remember Jury do this week. He yeah, pulled in for you this week. He did. And uh, I'm just really busy with with issues that concern me and, and for the state of Indiana. Indiana and um, kind of want to be a disruptor. <laughs> yeah, isn't it fun, Jim? It is. Fun. Isn't it fun? It, but but it, you have to it, it, to be a uh, disruptor. You've got to have the facts. Yeah, and that's what I've got. You do. Hey, find him at uh, on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Don't you understand what I'm trying to say? Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button Good morning, is pushed, 948. It's no Kendall and Casey away. on 93 WIBC. So more than two-fifths of baby boomers are nearing retirement age, and here's the bad news. 
They have no retirement savings. Oh, that's not good. No, it's not good. Okay, so a lot of people expecting 65 and over that they can live off of Social Security, the average monthly Social Security check for a retired person, around $1,800. The average household run by Americans older than 65 costs more than 4000 a month. Now, it's a little misleading because it's the average household. You would expect two on average, Social Security checks. So it's still short, though, $3,600. So every month, retired people, 65 and over, are still short by $400 a month. It is interesting that, the, that on average, it appears, the baby boomer generation is in trouble as it relates to retirement because they were a generation that oversaw a massive expansion of American wealth and influence around the globe, especially in the financial sector. Mm -hmm. And so it is alarming that despite decades of American dominance financially, and the baby boomers obviously were kind of the, you know, the greatest generation was very clearly a part of that post-World War II, but from say, you know, 1980 on, it was the baby boomers who were kind of beginning to make decisions that dominated the American economy. And much of that time was very prosperous. Obviously, there were times like in the late 1980s that there were major snafus or the mid 2000s. But by and large, you have seen an, uh, an increase in, you know, things like 401ks and port, you know, financial portfolios, things like that. And yet the average person appears to be suffering. Yeah, well, not everybody works for a Fortune 500 company and gets the 401k option. Here's the thing, Casey, for me. I have accepted that I will very likely never be able to retire. And I have made a conscientious decision to be in a profession which does not necessarily allow for that. But I have chosen to be happy in my day-to-day work environment rather than obtain large-scale financial security and much of what I'm going to have to do for my own retirement because thanks to our selfish politicians, Social Security probably not going to be there for me, at least not in the current form. They're going to let it go bankrupt and go, well, somebody should have done something. So I'm going to depend primarily on myself and my family for my retirement. Um but you do have to wonder, was it a lack of ability to plan by many in the baby boomer generation? Was it a lack of the average person being able to capitalize on the grotesque amount of wealth that existed during the baby boomer generation? How many? How is it that so many people were not able to capitalize on that? Was it a lack of financial knowledge on how to do it? Is it a little bit of a mixture of all of that? Mm-hmm. Because that's not a good statistic that you're talking about. I would think it's a little bit of all of that. And you have to add in that people are living longer. So if the retirement age is 65, most people are living at least another 20 years after that as medicine advancement And clearly every person's financial situation is different and it's not a blanket one size fits all. This is why so many baby boomers are, you know, struggling to make ends meet later in life. But again, and you do, you're right. People are living longer, but we're not talking about people who are 90 years old yet. You know, we're talking about a post-World War II era in which, yes, there are some people who are technically baby boomers who are now in their late 70s. But again, it is not 
a 95-year-old woman on a scooter at this point. You know, it, it shouldn't really just shouldn't be that way. So a rule of thumb retirement calculator is that you should aim to save 10 times your annual salary by the age of 67. And they, Oh, so good. Mine will be $8. I'll be fine. Yeah. So they're saying for an individual, you have to have near $400,000 and for a household, $700,000. But most people are assuming they're going to need closer to $1.1 million. And we talked about this before, how a million dollars seems like, well, you've, you've got it all. You are have bank. You're rolling in it. And in reality... Especially over the past year when 401ks are dwindling, when most people have lost a fifth of their value in their 401k just in the past year, million dollars doesn't go that far anymore. And I know you did the same thing. We had a long uh, chat with our buddy Bill Demery mm-hmm. about all of this, and it is uh it is alarming. Like I think about, because I was talking to him about investing money and things I kind of should have done, and he said... Dude, don't beat yourself up for not being more aggressive when you were younger because you're still very young by investment standards and the fact that you're doing anything is still light years ahead of of most people. And so I begin to wonder for my generation as we near our 40s, which obviously that's not a, you know, a retirement age, but it's certainly you're you're getting closer to that destination than something you couldn't have even fathomed even 10 years ago. What is the what is the lay of the land going to be like for the Gen Xers and then the millennial generation that I'm a part of? Yeah, well, and I think Kevin's generation and younger, they need to You're not, screwed, not Kev. count on Social Security. So open yeah. up that IRA now. You ought to just spend all that money on that trip to Boston because there ain't no point in saving none of it. Yeah, I might stay out there for a little while. Well, <laughs> while you're there, are you going to hit a buffet? Because buffets now are up 125%. Yeah. More people are visiting like the Golden Corral, CeCe's Pizza, Mm -hmm. Pizza Ranch is another one. I once saw a guy in a Golden Corral eat until he passed out. No way. Like he actually passed (laughs) out? Yeah, his face was in the plate. No, you're lying. Nosedived in the plate. No, I'm serious. (laughs) And so people really get their money's worth. Yeah, they do. Well, Golden Corral sales grew 14% last year. So people are looking for that value. You pay one cost, you go in and eat until you pass out. Well, if you're prepared to do this, you can eat once a day on a buffet. Mm -hmm. So you pay the whatever it is, 10 bucks. I don't know what it is now. And if you're disciplined, you can eat for $10 a day. Are you putting a roll in your pocket? I mean, hey, look, (laughs) ain't no shame here, Casey. (laughs) It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Yeah.